Yeah. So I think your only issue is going to be there's so many things that you can do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is a great problem to have. Yeah. Though. Welcome to Remodel Your Life. shining the light on women working in the trades and remodeling their life into something better. Join a female cabinet maker in California in bringing together kitchen remodeling and working with your hands for a living. Welcome your host, Camille Finan. Hey ladies, thanks so much for joining me again. Um, it's a beautiful Saturday morning and I've got an amazing guest with me. I think it's really going to be a fun interview. I'm interviewing Marie who wants to get into carpentry and wants to do more in the trades and she's at the very beginning of her career. She had contacted us and was asking for some help and I thought it would be fun to get her background and you guys can listen to me sort of live you know, just give her some career advice and we can try to help her get to the next level. So thanks for joining us, Marie, and being very brave. <laughs> thanks, Camille. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you're not originally from California. I know we talked a little bit and you're you're working currently in Northern California, but kind of give us a little bit of your background and how you came to be here and sort of what you've done so far and where you're sort of struggling or what where you'd like to go with your career. Sure, sure. So I moved out here in June for a job in historic preservation through um, Point Reyes National Seashore. So uh, I've been working on a lot of historic structures in the park, mostly doing window restoration and a little bit of roofing. Before that, actually, I was a hairstylist for four years. And about a year ago, I made the career switch and um, just been loving it ever since. But I'm eager for more. Yeah. So when you say you made the switch, what did you go in? What did you I think you went to like a small um, vocational school so far? Yeah, I went to the tech college in Madison, where I'm from. Yeah, it was about a year program. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot just within the year. The instructors were really accommodating and uh, it gave me a really broad range for what the industry offers. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go a little, I'll dive a little bit deeper into that so that I can kind of really know where to help you the most, because I really want to be able to assess like what you know right now and, and what we can help you with moving forward. So you came to California and so you've been working for just a few months here in a very, very specialty, what I'd call very specialty mm -hmm. trade, um, mm -hmm. restoration hard to make a lot of money in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless yeah, you're for the experience. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're, you know, at a very sort of high level, like doing the mm -hmm. monuments and stuff like that. Right, but um, right. other than the vocational school, trade school, what other things do you feel pretty competent with? Um, and it's okay to just be super honest about what you feel you don't know or what you, mm -hmm. um, just so I have an idea of like your skill sets right now. Sure, sure. Well, I definitely didn't have any kind of carpentry experience before I started school. But once I got into it, I felt pretty confident with, um, I would say I picked up framing pretty easily. And then also the, uh, the more the finish work. So um, the plastering, putting in baseboard and trim around the windows. I mean, it was challenging for sure, but those are the things that I really enjoyed doing maybe mm -hmm. and felt like the challenges were coming naturally to me. Yeah. Okay. So you've, so you've done some, if you've done plastering, then you would be comfortable doing like sheetrock and drywall, 
right? Mm -hmm. Because, Mm -hmm. and generally women are very good at that. Um, They have a Mm -hmm. real eye for that. So that's good. And then if you've done baseboards and stuff, are you pretty comfortable then with the chop saw at this point? Mm -hmm. Yep. I would say so. You're good with that. Okay. And then obviously Mm -hmm. nail guns, air compressors, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so um, have you done crown molding? Have you done stuff like that? I haven't done crown molding, but I've done uh, around windows and different fixtures and stuff like that. So casings. Okay. So standard miters. So you could do Mm casework. Okay. When you're using the chop saw, how are you using it? Are you using it like, are they, do you have a big radial miter box that lets you cut very wide stuff, especially if you're doing restoration, it's probably quite big, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be large. So So you're Mm -hmm. using the one that moves. Not the, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, are you swinging the head of the chop saw like left and right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, let's see. So that's casework. I'm just writing down a little list for myself. <laughs> okay. And some framing. Okay. What about, so everything has been interior so far. Like what about roofing or anything like that mm-hmm. outside stuff? Yeah. So we did a little bit of roofing on the internship that I had over the summer. And then also, in the technical program that I took um, back in Wisconsin, we built like a tiny home mm-hmm. as a class. And so there I got to do some metal roofing as well and then siding and mm-hmm. all that. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. like the same stuff I did in the union when I first started. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. That kind of gives me an idea. So you're so you're comfortable with the tape measure. You're comfortable with measuring mm-hmm. uh, within what you're doing, obviously. Can you pick up a sheet of plywood by yourself? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay check. <laughs> I've got my little <laughs> list of stuff. Yeah. Well, it kind of go- shows me your strength level too. What about like two by sixes, two by fours, mm-hmm. like eight foot lengths, mm-hmm. 10 foot lengths. I mean, it gets kind of cumbersome mm-hmm. beyond that, but you can at least yeah. do it right. Even if you're slower. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can usually pick up two to like another guy's three or something like okay. that. So that's so good. Okay. So you're strong. You got some ra- good strength. Let's see what else would I need to know. Uh, what about like heights, like, you know, walking on joists when you're up, you know, in the yeah. framing. And I know that comes with time of if you do that mm-hmm. every day. But mm-hmm. do you have any height stuff right now that is good or bad? It was definitely kind of a learning curve coming out here and doing the roofing, mm-hmm. um, building the scaffolding. And I was definitely scared about my first couple days. But after a few weeks out there, I became very comfortable with it. And um, it hasn't been a problem so far. Yeah. Okay. So just normal, like normal yeah. fears like we all have. And then eventually <laughs> right, kind of exactly. it, it, they start to fade away. Okay. What about weather? Because lots of jobs in the trades, weather is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it can be quite hot here in California. Mm-hmm. There's there's areas yeah. where you're working out in 100 degree weather like mm-hmm. all day long. What about that? Or super cold or, yeah. I mean, has mm-hmm. that been an issue outside of the normal stuff for all of us? I mean, technically, one of the uh, one of the reasons I came out here was kind of because of weather. Um, better. So when, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's better. I mean, but I did work out in you know below zero weather mm-hmm. in snow and um, sometimes even in the rain. I mean, I can do it, but I prefer not to. Obviously, like yeah. any other person. As far as the heat goes, I haven't worked in extreme heat. But it's never been a problem for me in the past. I did volunteer work in the Philippines. Hmm. And I mean, it's not like I was out there swinging hammers or anything like that. But there were some, you know, 100 degree plus days that I worked in just yeah. in the city. Okay. Yeah. So you're, so you could, you would get used to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that gives me kind of a better idea of sort of where you're at, just your natural personality and what you can mm-hmm. physically handle. Yeah. 
So it sounds like you've tried a couple different things and you're, um, you're in your early twenties, correct? And so you really mm-hmm. want to start a career in this yeah. and do it for the long term. Why don't you ask me the questions you might have? Like ask me any questions that you might have about the trades yeah. or direction or, and I can answer all those maybe up front, and then I'll mm-hmm. sort of give you my advice based on some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the difficult things for me right now is seeing how expansive the industry is and all the different facets. Even, you know, finding myself in such a specialized thing has made me realize, you know, depending upon who you know, where you can go. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm really lacking is more general knowledge and more confidence with my residential remodeling knowledge. And so I think what my question would be for you would be when you're looking at different companies to work for what what qualities about the company should you look for and like what's a good place to start to gain more knowledge but to not burn out at the same time mm-hmm. so a couple of things that I was thinking about when you originally sent in your email was mm-hmm. um, you're right the trades especially now like it was a lot more limited you know 25 years ago when I was sort of running around young mm-hmm. building a career in it. Um, Mm -hmm. now there's just so many things that women can do. I mean, you could be, Mm -hmm. um, you know, electricians and plumbers make really good money, whether they're in the union or private or they own their own company, but it can be pretty, I mean, it can be physically hard, but not like compared to roofing or concrete, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I would say, um, it's within reason. We do have an interview coming up with a very successful plumber. Um, it just hasn't been published yet. Um, Judeline, and she's had a very long career in the plumbers union um, in New York. It was a very, very competitive field to be in for a black woman, for any woman. And Mm -hmm. and she's done extremely well, very, very successful financially, and um, Mm -hmm. just had a full, full career in that. But that was a very long process for her. I think Mm -hmm. she's been in almost 30 years. I personally, if you were going to be a plumber, because we I hire plumbers all the time, you know, for kitchen mm-hmm. remodeling, they can make very, very good money, several hundred mm-hmm. thousand dollars, you know, very easily if they know what they're doing. And especially a mm-hmm. female would be really unusual. So right. I could see you spending a few years, you know, maybe entering the plumbers union as an apprentice, mm-hmm. you know, working for four or five or six years, knowing that's sort of mm-hmm. your investment, get your journey mm-hmm. level. Uh, maybe work for a few companies and then start your own company. I could see you doing that very easily. Mm -hmm. You could do that easily as an electrician as well, because a lot of home remodeling uses electricians all the time. So again, you could have that similar strategy of working for a couple of people privately, expecting to spend five or six years. You're still going to be learning bigger scale stuff, but you're going to know enough in residential kitchen remodeling or residential remodeling to be able to start your own business. Mm -hmm. The other thing, and again, this is if you want to start your own business. The other thing that I thought of, no matter what direction you go, is it would be fairly easy for you to become a female handy woman. And Mm -hmm. um, there are lots and lots of women that I've helped become handy women who make a lot of money. They don't have a license, but they can do lots of fix-it stuff around a house for other women. It's a really untapped market. They have no competition, like no competition. So that's something you could be doing sort of on the side to gain even more additional experience and also experience running a small business, working with clients, a little bit of marketing. Like it's quite easy to do that nowadays with Facebook. It was a lot harder to reach clients in the past. So those are a couple things if you wanted to go the private route. Mm -hmm. Um, In the meantime... As far as 
how to get how to get additional skills for, from different companies in residential remodeling. Um, I I mean I thought a lot about that. There's there's two unions very close to here, 152 and 180, where you could very easily start as an apprentice. They're going to put you through a six month program, and then you're going to be on job sites, basically like what I did. Nice. So mm-hmm. within a year or two, you're going to get. If you really hustle and get some good contractors that you work for, like I did, you'll get good really quickly. The only thing with the union is you're, and, and you can have a long career as a, as a carpenter in the union. It's just that it is very driven, especially in California, by the economy. So like when the crash mm-hmm. happened in 2008, uh, around, you know, around here specifically, lots and lots of people could not find any job sites in the union to work for. There just weren't. Mm-hmm. All the good people were already used. And there was mm-hmm. nothing for anybody else but below that. So if you go into the union, um, I definitely want you to listen to Judeline's episode when it comes out. Oh, and, great, yes. and really, really, really take a percentage of every single dollar you get on every single job site and put that money away. Because if you work mm-hmm. in the union, eventually something will happen. You'll get let go. You'll be let go unexpectedly. Something will happen in the industry. And you won't be able to just go and get another job easily. So you want to have money in savings. So that's that's something gotcha. I didn't do. Um, <laughs> but she, I mean, I did it the hard way, right? After learning, I did it the hard way. So that's one suggestion. And then the other thing is you could join the union and specifically try to find specialty millwork companies that are in the South Bay, like in the Palo Alto, oh, sure. not so much San Francisco, but around San Francisco, like Oakland. Hayward, San Jose, Palo Alto, those are all sort of Bay Area and South. Even up north, like Sonoma, Petaluma, Napa, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some specialty millwork cabinet shops. Mm -hmm. Even if you spent a few years, whether that's union or non-union, we could help you try to track down some specialty companies that are going to be supplying the other builders with either kitchen cabinets or millwork or custom doors or casings. And if you spend a few years working in a shop, you're going to learn it from the very beginning through installation, which is personally mm-hmm. what I like to do. And again, this is oh, awesome. based on my personal experience. I like knowing the full process and I like having control over that. Mm-hmm. I never want to be in the trades and just know one tiny part of it. Mm-hmm. You're kind of at the whim of lots of things going on around you. But that's just me. Right? That's just my yeah, personal no, opinion. Yeah, makes sense. So I think working for a time in a millwork shop, one that specifically supplies higher end builders, you're going to get to really learn the absolute best way to do it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The work is hard in the sense that it's going to be fairly repetitive. Um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of variety within the shop, but generally they're going to want you to be really good at one thing and then one thing and then one thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're going to mm-hmm. get to mm-hmm. work on all of it all the time, generally. Right. So that's the sort of second thing I could think of. I personally would stay away from the restoration unless mm-hmm. you just have a real love for it and you're hoping to maybe build your own business mm-hmm. someday and you want to learn from the best people. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a lot of company, there, not a lot, there are companies that do that in San Francisco, in Sacramento, but those are going to be very hard won positions. And yeah. again, it's like, if something happens, it doesn't always transfer, right? Cause you're learning. Yeah, so that's st- super reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And you're learning stuff that's very specific to like a Victorian house, but that's not necessarily what you're going to be doing in like uh, track homes, you know, in Vacaville mm-hmm. or, you know, I mean, it's similar, but like the materials, you know, you can't take that amount of time. You know, there's a real speed element 
to what we do. Like things have to be done fairly quickly. Oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you was just like, what, what do you need to make for your monthly income realistically? Because that also dictates the direction I would suggest for you. Sure. Absolutely. At the moment right now, I'm under park housing. So I don't exactly have a monthly budget. So I'm not paying for rent in yeah. the park housing. So that's not something that I'm concerned about right now. But if I were to pick up another job, I would probably look in the Petaluma area mm-hmm. or somewhere a little outside the Bay Area where rent would be a little bit more affordable. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think you'd probably get some pretty good uh, millwork companies up in that area because they're going to be supplying the Napa area where they have all the wineries and really high end mm-hmm. homes and high end wineries. So, mm-hmm. so do you think like $4,000 a month would be good? Four to five? I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I, that's, that's livable for me. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that brings up a point when you join the union, you're going to get a not really a guaranteed stipend, but you're going to sort of be, you're going to know what your wage is set and you're going to be able to sort of plan on a paycheck every two weeks. So Mm -hmm. that is kind of nice. And you're going to get some benefits trying to remember what my hourly was when I first started, but I mean, it was, it was livable. It was livable. Mm -hmm. And of, of course it's higher now. So, so, and the, the way the carpenters unions work is you literally just go down to the union hall. And so there's one in Martinez, which is very close to me. And then there's local 180, which is more of a general construction, like general contractor one. And you just walk in there and say, I'm interested in the apprenticeship program. How long does it take? How many companies do you have on your role list that I can go in mm-hmm. and try to find a job from? Um, mm-hmm. What's the process? How many people are in the program? And mm-hmm. you would probably fly through that program. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> it would be just something you're sort of going through the motions. And I can definitely help with that. And we can make some connections there. but. That might be a nice start. You also can leave the union anytime you want. I mean, that's that's, that's what I did. I left actually before I got my journey level certificate. It wasn't worth it. I was already doing all the work. It wasn't worth waiting around for me. So, you know, you're not, at least when I was in, you can, you can leave when you want to leave. So there's kind of that. Thanks again for listening this far. We're going to take a quick break. And I'm going to tell you about a product I just love that helps support this show. Hey guys, it's Happy Wednesday and I'm opening up my latest Blue Apron box. And I was thinking about a couple of other reasons that I absolutely love it. And I wanted to kind of detail what's in my box that I get to open up every single week. One of the things I love is that you get these three major things in every single box. So for instance, you're going to always get a pasta, a rice, potatoes, a grain, something like that. So you're going to get three or four of each of those. Then if I keep moving around, I'm going to get a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables and I'm going to be introduced to fruits and vegetables I've actually never even seen before. Like this week, I can see that there's a pear here that I've never actually seen this color of pear. It's a slightly different shape. I love that I get introduced to really unusual different things, right? And then on top of the grain or pasta or rice that you get and the vegetables that you get, then there's this super cute thing called the knickknack package. And along with every single recipe and a recipe card is this little package that's filled with all the smaller items or anything that's really unusual, like saffron threads or truffle butter 
or cornicones. I don't even know what those things are. They're like these little spicy seeds, all kinds of things I've never really cooked with because they're either expensive to buy in bulk, right? Or they're unusual and I don't know if it's gonna work. So I love that I get this knickknack package. It's my favorite part because it always has the kind of unusual exotic stuff in this little bag. And then further down at the bottom of the box, all perfectly separated is all my meats, right? And so I can tell that this week I have a steak, I have some pork and I have some shrimp. And I love the variety of that. That's another reason I really love Blue Apron. And you can also choose vegetarian or pescatarian or omnivore. You get to really say what you want or don't want. And I love the flexibility of that. For like almost an entire year, I got vegetarian just to see what would happen and to see the variety of the recipes and they were fantastic. And my husband, who was a complete meat eater, didn't even really notice that we were eating vegetarian for that entire time because the recipes were so great. That's just another thing I was thinking about that I love, the variety, I love all the different things in the box, beautifully packaged, and it's always delicious. And so I absolutely love Blue Apron. If you guys think you might be interested, please consider it. It takes all the hassle out of it, all the extra expense. You get all this variety and you get some amazing recipes each and every week. They basically streamlined it down to the absolute best parts of cooking. That's why I love it. And if you want to experience this Blue Apron style with me, just head over to remodelyourlifepodcast.com forward slash Blue Apron and you can get $30 off your first order and be right away cooking some of these great new recipes with me. All right, talk soon. There's also like painting. Painting is another good specialty skill. Lots of women painters, they run very mm -hmm. successful companies. Um, I could see you doing that even part-time on the side. You could try to find some female-driven uh, female owned painting companies and they do a lot of specialty high end stuff and they make really good money. And so that's another sort of fast way that I fast job. I think you could get into really quickly mm -hmm. and they would probably appreciate that you have all these other skills. So that's right. another one that might be a little simpler to just make a lateral move. If you're just trying mm -hmm. to make money and you want to sort of work for a year, um, mm -hmm. again, in that area in Napa, Petaluma, Sonoma, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some high-end painting companies, then they work all the time. So you're not going to be out of work ever. Um, and it's a very transferable skill. So if you want to go up to Portland, you could work for another high-end painting company. Mm -hmm. And I could see that being a very good fit for you. And generally painters are around other finish work people. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a way to like the back door, right? You could be mm -hmm. right. painting and painting beautiful kitchen cabinets and painting a bunch of moldings and painting rooms. And you're also going to meet the kitchen cabinet makers on the job. You're going to meet the millwork people on the job, right? right? You're going to meet the people doing the moldings and the mantles and the fireplaces and the little elevators and like all that fancier stuff. You're going to mm -hmm. be around it. So you might be able to, to side, you know, move sideways to another job, right? Meet some right, people you right. really like. So I think that's a good sort of backdoor into the Finnish world industry. I mean, you've definitely landed in a great place. I mean, you I don't know if it was intentional, but you picked a place that has a lot of money and a lot of really beautiful, fancy millwork and Finnish work happening. Mm. So Yeah, the houses around here are beautiful. Yeah, so that whole area, Napa, wineries, Petaluma, Sonoma, is a great place to look for that kind of work. The only other things that I were thinking of was... 
There is Skills USA. So I don't know if you've heard of them. We have another. I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah, we have another interview coming up with them. And they, I know they target mostly middle school and high schoolers, but it's sort of little known. They do also do college stuff and they mm-hmm. sort of have a good resource. So if we wanted to find something very specific for you, like mm-hmm. it would be very easy to call them up and get a referral to maybe another company that does it. Right. And you sure. could call yeah. them. So Skills USA, there's a car, they teach a broad range of carpentry um skills in las vegas um, oh, really? yeah and so i can get you the number for that they're going to be another guest on the show and so they have really really high-end training for finish work and awesome. and it, some of it you've probably done but i'm you know i'm thinking a lot of it has gone it will go beyond what you know right now mm-hmm. there's also a group of uh, an organization of women up in portland um and seattle they have a large group of female carpenters and Plumbers, electricians, they're very, very well organized. And so I can give you their number and they might just have some companies that are already literally looking for workers and for women. Mm -hmm. And you could just move up there for a while and get some training that way. The other thing is there's a couple of groups, you know, on Instagram that are very, very Mm -hmm. active and we can Mm -hmm. make some phone calls and find out if there's any women hiring in all of their organizations. And a lot of those women own construction companies. So we could do that. And then the last thing, the last thing I thought of was I know a friend who works at Tykert. Tykert is a really big company up here in Northern California. They do all the underground construction, freeways, overpasses, like just tons and tons of work. Um, That's more general construction. It's not going to be finished work, but they're a very, very successful, very successful privately run family company, but they're really big here in Sacramento and um, we could get you an interview there. So awesome. I think that that's that's what I have off the top of my list of things that you yeah. could do. When yeah. are, when are you looking to, you know, what are you sort of planning for like 6 months mm-hmm. from now or what are you thinking? Um probably a little sooner than okay. that, maybe looking into the January springtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right around there. This uh the extension of this internship is a little bit more flexible, but yeah, I'm thinking January or spring. Okay. Yeah. So I think your only issue is going to be there's so many things that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which is a great problem to have. Though. Yeah. So back to your original question was, um, you know, part of that question was, how do you de- how do you determine what is a good company to work for? Right. I think that was part mm-hmm. of your question. And how do you pick what to do next? Right. Those are two different things to me. One is, you know, working for a company, let's just say it's a private company. I really love to use the example of Emma, who I know you've probably already heard that episode. Yeah, really great. Yeah, a really flexible company that really values your size or your limitations, Mm -hmm. but also sees these extra strengths that you bring Mm -hmm. and that they really give you um, the opportunities and challenges to sort of struggle and then grow into something. I think that's really Mm -hmm. important. I would love to see you in a company that really values the female perspective and, and, um, you know, I mean... There's obvious stuff like the pay rate and stuff like that. But for me, when I was always evaluating a company, it was, I mean, I moved, you know, quite often every couple of years, but for me, I was, it was always determined by how much I could learn at that company. That was the number mm-hmm. one thing I yep. was looking for was yep. how far would they let me go? How many opportunities mm-hmm. would I have? No matter really what I was making, it was how many more opportunities can I have to actually be really good at a bunch of different things? So that's always been my first thought is sort of, and sometimes you can't really tell that until you're on the job, you're moving a little bit, but 
you know, you sort of get a knack for that and how you carry yourself. If you're always willing to learn new things all the time and help somebody else yep. out, you're going to just naturally pick stuff up all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm less concerned with benefits and stuff like that. Cause I'm more independent. Mm -hmm. I would just, I don't mind paying for stuff myself for health right. coverage and all that. Um, right. I'm more interested in just being treated well and getting lots of opportunity to, to challenge myself. Um, mm -hmm. and then also the only other factor in that is it is sometimes hard to determine how good your boss is until you're there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I always really, really watch just how good my boss is. And if I can tell that that person's really not that great at their job, that's the person I'm not going to pick up a lot of stuff from. So that's the only other qualification to that is I want to try to get my learning from the best people I can. And sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. to figure that out until you're mm -hmm. in the middle of it. But I'm always sort of, I'm not just taking every single thing everybody shows me. I'm sort of mm -hmm. taking it with a grain of salt. And I really want to learn from people that are great at what they do. Right. And yeah. then mm -hmm. I suck all that up that I can. So mm -hmm. um, that's the first part of the question. The second part is how do you pick when there's so many choices, right? Or how do you, mm -hmm. how do you know what the next step is? Right. And so for me, that question is, well, where do you want to end up? Right. Where mm -hmm. for me, I always wanted to own my own business. It was going to always be in that direction. I sort of had an end goal that, well, I could always start my own business if this doesn't work out. But that was just me personally, right? So where mm -hmm. do you want to see yourself in 20 years? Because that kind of dictates mm -hmm. some of the path that you might choose now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, similar to you, I knowledge is kind of my main goal to attain as much as I can of the industry. And then from there, I could see myself maybe not owning my own business because business isn't a background that um, that I have per se. But I could see myself also taking the hands-on knowledge that I would acquire over the years and then putting it into another aspect of the industry like architecture or selling homes, appraising homes, mm -hmm. um, and then using it together. Okay. Which is running your own business, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> or doing it Which you can learn how to run a business. So I can yeah. show you how to do that, how to start a small business. Awesome. Um, it's not that complicated. But yeah, because you could have a small business on the side doing appraisals and really understand mm -hmm. what goes into the appraisal, you know, and the mm -hmm. construction. You could have a small business on the side selling homes, but really understanding the design and the construction. But mm -hmm. those are all still basically a realtor, you own your own business, an appraiser, mm -hmm. you own your own business, um, <laughs> architecture, you own your own business. I mean, yes, you uh, can work for somebody, <laughs> but but generally a lot of architects end up working for their own business. So not that complicated. It's something you'll learn just like swinging a hammer, right? Um, <laughs> so, so with that in mind, so it sounds like you might be open or wish to go back to college somewhere in the middle of this, right? And maybe mm -hmm. get a higher advanced degree or... Or mm -hmm. some other certification, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, you know, I personally would probably, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm struggling. I mean, Tiger is such a great company to work for. They have such an aggressive, ambitious need to promote people from within, right? And really, mm -hmm. really curate and take care of their people. And mm -hmm. so I, I kind of would like you to work at Tiger first, only sure. because I know you could work there as long as you wanted. Like you could just keep mm -hmm. moving up and keep moving up and keep moving up. Mm -hmm. Like that's their whole thing is how do we keep people? How do we keep promoting them? Keep promoting them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that would be good, but it is a very fast paced. 
you're like fully in when you're there, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of would be a fun job for a few years and they would pay mm-hmm. for you to go back to college. They would pay mm-hmm. for all that stuff, right? You could become mm-hmm. a program manager there very easily. They love female mm-hmm. program managers, project managers. But I also kind of like this idea of you popping around and working for a few years in Napa and maybe a few years mm-hmm. in Portland and really getting mm-hmm. this, a lot of this Finnish work yeah. skill sets, because then you could always start your own business on the side and you could still be mm-hmm. an appraiser and you could mm-hmm. be an architect, right? You can go to school right. and finance your education that way. So mm-hmm. I kind of like both of those routes for you. They're both pretty exciting. Yeah. So I know I, that probably doesn't answer your question, but if it was me, <laughs> I could see both of those paths working extremely well for you, I think, personality-wise. So That's one gives helpful. you a Thank little you. more flexibility, right? The private route mm-hmm. lets you kind of take things every couple of years, but there's some value in maybe just interviewing with Tykert, just going and mm-hmm. maybe do an interview with them and see what that world's like, right? Right, um, yeah. It would be very different from what you've done before, and it's a really, really well-run company. You'd be treated mm-hmm. very well there. Benefits nice. package, they could pay for your college, you know, lots of stuff. And you could still do, you know, you could still be learning finish work on your own, right, on, mm-hmm. your, on your private mm-hmm. time. Um, so there's ways that you can do that if you just have a need for finish work, like you just like yeah. doing that stuff. You know, I did that for many years. I was doing my own stuff on the side while I was doing stuff for mm-hmm. other people. So. It doesn't mean you can't learn finish work and be really good at that mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm really drawn to finish work because it, it enables this creative need that I have mm-hmm. where you can kind of fiddle and work with something. I mean, it takes a little bit more finesse. Yeah. But you're right in that I think a company like Tiger would offer me something completely new and that would be really exciting to uh, see what's out there. Yeah. Well, let's set that up. Let's at least get you an interview. Interview's free. You don't have to say yes, right? You can just right. go and, and explore it and sort of see how a bigger company would be run and a real, you know, official, official company and mm-hmm. see what they have to offer and see sort of what their track is and how many years it takes. And mm-hmm. and um, it might be worth it if they put you through school for, you know, yeah. if, you, if you did an investment for five or six years, sort of, and you knew mm-hmm. what you're going to get out of it and you'd... Mm-hmm. You know, you're young enough where you could, mm-hmm. if you're 35, I might have a different answer, right? But you're young enough mm-hmm. where five or six years isn't going to make a big difference, right? You're going to still have plenty of time for the rest of your right. life. So, yeah. Right, right. Awesome. Yeah, it would be great just to see what's out there. I think right now I feel a little paralyzed by like the fear of the unknown. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And so it would be good just to kind of take a step. Yeah, and get a little bit of information, right? And you could even mm-hmm. maybe do that and also maybe um, go and do some, what I like to call like information. They're like informational interviews, kind of. You just basically Mm -hmm. ask if you can come and learn about their company. You're interested Mm -hmm. in this part, you've done this, and you're you're trying to figure out your next step. Would they mind, you know, just letting you come and look at what they do there and talk to somebody about what it's like at their company. And you could do that with a couple of millwork companies very Mm -hmm. easily. And, and then you never know, they may have a position, but even if they don't have a position, you could just do an informational interview and just sort of get a sense of like, what's the shop look like? How many people work there? You know, are they just in the shop? Are they installing? Are they, what are, what are they required to work there? Um, you know what I mean? Like you can do an informational interview for free. I've never, I've done many of them and I've never had Mm -hmm. a company say no, even if they're Mm -hmm. not hiring, they still will Mm -hmm. generally spend time with someone that's interested. That's so great. Do you ever feel obligated at the end of it? Um, like, how do you leave it with them usually? Oh, well, I would just say, oh, this, you know, if I was interested, 
like during the informational interview and let's just say we're walking around I'm with the foreman or the lead carpenter or whatever you know if I said if I thought to myself like intuitively wow this looks really fun like I wow I'd actually really like to work here I like this part of the industry Mm-hmm. then I would just try to figure out a way to, you know, I would definitely ask like, well, what's required to work here? What would be the, you know, what would I have to do or have to build a work in the shop? And then he might say, well, you, you know, what have you done so far? And, and it might just naturally lead to, um, you know, well, what do I have to do to be on a list for the next position when it opens? If, if I was interested. Right. Mm-hmm. And he might say, oh, well, you know, I don't know, maybe we should just have you come and work in the shop for a while and, mm-hmm. and try it out. Or right. yeah, in six months, we're thinking of hiring a, you know, a part-time sander or a face frame maker or a cabinet maker or whatever. Right. Or they might say, well, we're not hiring right now. And so then it doesn't matter. And you still learn, mm-hmm. like you still got to see what it's like. You got a right. sense right. of it. If they had a job available, I would probably, I don't know. I've never had anybody just, I've never felt obligated. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, you're not taking up like three hours of their time. It's maybe 20 right. minutes, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would just say, okay, well, let me think about it. Right. Yeah. I'm really interested. Okay. I'm interviewing a couple mm-hmm. places and I'm, yeah, let me think about it. That's what I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, nice. wouldn't feel, I wouldn't nice. feel bad. I mean, for me, like if, if somebody came to my company and said, did that, I, you know, most people I think are really impressed with young people that are ambitious mm-hmm. and, and interested and curious and want to learn more. Like I, I would mm-hmm. find it very hard to believe that they would not be impressed with that and be willing mm-hmm. to spend a little bit of time with somebody. Right. And especially everybody in the trades knows what it's like, right? <laughs> like everybody wants someone to be interested in what they're doing. Like lot mm-hmm. everybody wants to be asked questions about what they do, like a, mm-hmm. a human to human, right? People right, love absolutely. talking about what they love to do. So if mm-hmm. you look at it like that, you just you're just approaching another human being and asking them to tell you what they love about what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that, you know, that answers some of your questions. And for any of the ladies, you know, listening out there, if you have a job or a company or some information for Marie that you think would be helpful to this conversation, um, you know, please feel free to share it with us, uh, share it with Marie directly or me, and we'll pass it along. Um, but we'd love to, you know, this is part of the show is helping each other get to the next level Um, and creating a network of women and men to sort of help each other in this trades and and growing and and sharing. So um, this is part of the show. So I love doing this. So um, thank you, Camille. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was a great interview. And going into 2019, we've got some incredible guests coming up, and I sure hope you stick around. So if this is your very first time joining us, listening to these amazing stories of women and men really making an impact in our industry, please stick around, subscribe so you don't miss out on a single episode. A few of the episodes we've got coming up are some amazing women in the trades. For instance, female winemakers and the incredible technical things they need to know to craft wines. Some cheesemakers, it's pretty amazing. Running a brewery as a woman and some amazing women and men doing glass blowing. I'm so excited to bring you these incredible stories of these women and men just making it on their own in the trade. So please, if this is your very first episode, please subscribe and uh, leave us a review and share it with a friend. So I'm really looking forward to this 2019. And in addition to some amazing guests, we're also going to be doing something unique, which is we're going on the road, which is my favorite thing to do, be in another person's shop. 
So our very first RYL on the road episode is going to be with Shannon, who runs an amazing glass blowing business, and she's going to teach me how to blow glass. So look forward to those different style of formats where there's going to be a little bit of video and a little bit of uh, behind the scenes of taking RYL on the road. So subscribe today and 2019, look for some amazing new progress and steps. Thanks for joining. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Remodel Your Life podcast. This episode has ended, but your remodeling journey can continue. Head over to remodelyourlifepodcast.com to access all the resources, tools, and links mentioned in this episode. Until next time, get your hands dirty and create the life you want from the foundation up. Yeah, it would be great just to see what's out there. I think right now I feel a little paralyzed by like the fear of the unknown, you know? And so it would be good just to kind of take a step. Mm -hmm.